0: God is good, isn't he? He is good. Today, I'm excited for what God has for us. I'm going to go ahead and give you the title of the message today, and it's a very well-known scripture in Proverbs. It comes out of that, and it says simply, the subject today is guarding your heart, guarding your heart, and it is out of the book of Proverbs, which the book of Proverbs is the most clear-cut black and white, stark contrast, right or wrong, choose-you-this-day book of the Bible that we have. It's made up of, of sayings like this, that the wise man does this, but the foolish man does that. The godly woman does this, but the carnal woman does that. The blessed family does this, but the distracted family does that. And one of the purposes of, of Proverbs is to bring us to a place where we acknowledge, you and I acknowledge, that we have some decisions we have to make for our lives. That we choose how, we must choose how we are going to live. And we have to make important choices on how we are to live. And with that in mind, looking at the... the. Proverbs 4. We're just going to be kind of going through this today. This may feel more of a, like a Bible study. I hope that's okay. We're going to go through this chapter and, and it's, it may be a more, there may be more descriptive spoken today than prescriptive, but I believe that the descriptive and the prescriptive both will bless you this morning. In the middle of Proverbs 4, Solomon writes to his son about two paths, the path of the just In the path of the wicked. In verse 14, he says, Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. That path of the wicked, it says that it isn't, it is is the way of evil men. That path of the wicked. He gives five instructions regarding that in verses 14 and 15. He says, Go not in. Go not in it. He says to avoid it. He says pass not by it. Turn from it. Pass away from it. New King James says pass on from that. In other words, stay away from the way of evil. Stay away from that path of wickedness, that path of the wicked. It's not for you, my son. That's what he was writing what he was saying. And and I'm here to say that to all in the room today, that that path is not for a child of God. It is not for one that God created, one that the master potter put on the potter's will to create. And if you don't know, that's you. That's you this Sunday morning. God created you with intentionality. And we believe that each of us are here for such a time as this. That if you were born in this age, you are here for this time. That every person created by God, born from their mother's room, was born with divine purpose in mind. God does not create junk. God doesn't make mistakes, actually. And you were not created by accident. And by by the fact that you are... Alive and living today must mean that God desired that you were on this planet now, which must mean that he created you for a purpose, which must mean that those that are created for his purpose live just a little differently. We live unto God. We live devoted to God. We, live, we give our lives completely to him when we allow him to govern our existence, our life. And, and, and so Solomon's writing to his son here saying, you need to avoid the way that will compromise your purpose in life. You need to live differently than those around you. And I'm here to say you can live differently than those that are around you. Because I choose to believe that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So I choose to believe that we are to live in this world. We are to develop, develop relationships with the people of this world. We're not, we're not a church that... that locks the well we do have the doors locked today but we generally we don't like the doors locked and we don't bolt the doors down and we don't isolate ourselves from our community we are in this community in this world we are here to make a difference and develop relationships and teach bible studies and and, and lead people into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ that is why we are here to make disciples. But while we do that, while we are in this world, there must be a reminder that goes out to us from time to time that reminds us that we are not of this world. We don't partake in all the things that this world partakes in. We don't entertain ourselves with all of the things that this world likes for us to entertain, to entertain ourselves with. We are different. We are called out, separated. We are to live on the rock, which is a little higher than the sand, which is a little higher than the shoreline. We are called to build our house on the rock so that when the storm comes, when the winds blow, when when the flood comes, that we are built and found on a stable foundation Can I get a witness this morning? God has great things for you. But it's important how you choose to live your life. He goes on to describe those that enter into the path of of the wicked in verses 16 and 17. He talks about them and says, They sleep not except they have done mischief. Their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall they eat the bread of wickedness and they drink the wine of violence then in verse 18 he says this the path of the just though is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day the way of the wicked it is as darkness they know not at what they stumble theologian adam clark he characterized these two paths so well, I believe. He said the path of the wicked, it's as a gloomy, dark, dangerous path. That's what it is. It's gloomy, it's dark, it's dangerous. The path of the just though, he described it as open and luminous and instructive. There's, it's a stark contrast, these two paths. One is dark, one's gloomy, one's dangerous. One, there is no vision to it because you cannot see. The path of the just, though, is the opposite. It is a lighted path. It is that path which is made where you have vision to move forward. It is that path that is instructive. It is that lamp unto your feet. It is that light unto your path. It is designed for you to continue going forward step by step, day by day. That is the path of the just. And in your life, it is better. Someone say better. Amen. It's better to walk down the just path. It's better to walk down the right path. And I know I'm speaking to people. I'm one of them who in their life has at one point walked down that path of wickedness. Yeah. I know in this room there's testimonies around this floor. We could go on and on about those that were walking, a one, walking one way, walking down one path but God came in and made a difference in our lives Amen. and God, God changed our stories God. and he took us from the path of wickedness, that path that is dark and gloomy, that maybe seems good in the moment, but the after effects are, are destruction. And he, he moves us by His grace and mercy and sets us on a good path, the just path, that one that brings life. It brings It's a path of hope. It's a path of joy. It's a, it's a new and living way. And if you today are walking in this path, that path of wickedness, I'm going to get to it a little bit later. I'm getting ahead of myself. But there is hope for you this Sunday morning because there is a God in this room today that can change your life. He will change your story. And Solomon goes on, and this is really the crux of the message today. He goes on in verse 20 to say, My son, he said, My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ear into my sayings. Let them, my words, not depart from thine eyes. Keep them, those words, in the midst of thine heart. For they, once again, those words, are life unto those that find them. And health to all their flesh. In other words, pay attention to what I'm about to say. He's telling them, you know, put Maybe some, what if today we just put our ears up right now? And just, just do that. And just do that. Look at the person next to you and say, that's a beautiful ear you got. That's what, now, don't lie. Don't lie. If you just lied, there's forgiveness in this house this Sunday morning. I set you up there. I'm sorry. I, I set you up. I, listen, a preacher will do anything to get people to the altar. I'm just saying. You can come this morning. It's available to all. That's the truth. That is the truth. But but he's telling him, you need to pay attention. And then the next words he says is keep thy hearts with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. He says, put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Those are some powerful words. If you're looking for a way to live your life, it is right there in our text today. He gives them those four commands. He says, guard your heart. Watch your mouth. He says, with your eyes, look forward. I'm here to tell you there is so much more ahead of you than what is behind you. Even if God has been faithful in the past, I serve a God that just gets better and better. I mean, he's the same all the time, but the more I understand about him, the better he gets to me. And so if I've been serving him for one day or I've been serving him for 5,000 days, there is an understanding that God just gets better and better. And what is before you is greater than what is behind you. And watch, the fourth thing he said is watch where your feet hit the ground. Watch the path that you are traveling down. You need to pay attention to what you are doing. And us today, we need to get a little dose of this in our heart that we pay attention to the way we live our lives. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, Scripture says, and that end, what is it? Does anyone know? Leads to destruction. There is a way that creeps And creeps and creeps into our lives. It disguises itself as good, but in a moment will reveal itself as evil. That's why we have to watch how we live our life. You say, you know, God's got grace and mercy. I'm so thankful He does. Because even though I watch, sometimes I get off course. But God has grace and mercy so I can live in obedience to his word. We are not saved by works, are we? No. We are not saved by works. We are saved by faith. And you know what the greatest faith of all is? It's obedience to the word of God. When I am obedient to the word of God, I am showing that I believe in God. So it is by faith through faith grace. We are saved. And that faith, it leads us to good works. That faith that we have in Jesus Christ, that leads us into living different than we ever lived before. Having faith in God changes our character and our identity and our purpose. Believing in him and believing that we are called according to his purpose changes the way we live our lives, doesn't it? And so we are to live different. And out of these four commands that Solomon gives us, on, I really want to focus on that first one today. And it's the title that I gave you today. It is to keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. That's what the, new, or that's what the King James says. The Amplified says it like this. Watch over your heart with all diligence. For from it flow the springs of life. I love that. Another way that really ministers to me is that new living translation that says it like this. To guard your heart above all else. To guard that which is inside of you more than anything else. More than you guard your bank accounts. More than you guard anything that you possess. You need to guard what is inside of you first. For it determines the course of your life. What is that saying? It's saying that that heart that is in me. That heart determines whether I am going to walk in that path of the just. Or I am going to walk the path of the wicked. What that tells me is it's not all about the exterior all the time. It's not all about the action all the time. Because you can come to church and still be walking in the path of wickedness. You can give to the poor and still In your heart, be far from God. In other words, you can do all the external and have all the external right. You can create good habits in your life. And we're all about creating good habits in our life. And and even coming to church, is a good habit. And so it's easy for someone who's came to church for a long time that has established that good habit, which is good. and, And it is biblical. And it is what you are to do. There's I'm never going to preach about coming to church because the word of God tells us we need to come to church. But after you come to church for a while, it becomes a habit in your life. And you can entertain a habit while inside of you, you are crumbling. It is reality that you can have the external all together while on the inside, you are lost. You are broken. You are misguided. You have become calloused. You have become something that you never envisioned you becoming. You can be hurt. You can have no joy. You can have no security. You can feel like you don't have a purpose. Inside is the battleground. And if the enemy has been winning the war inside of you, I'm here to say that on this Sunday morning, you can take back control of your heart. You can take back control of that which is inside of you. You can defeat your enemy. Is it you alone? No, it's not. But it is him that worketh in you. And when he is working in you, the enemy cannot occupy that space any longer. And you can command your enemy to get out of your life, to get out of your heart. For greater is he, once again, that is in me. And he that is in me is more powerful than that which is trying to consume me. And so you can tell your enemy where to go. You can tell him to go back home. You can put it any way you want to. You just tell him to get out. And you give your life back to God. You have to guard your heart. For your heart determines the course of your life. If you do not guard your heart, for a while you may have it all together on the outside. But there will be an eating away that happens that will eventually lead to the external. And that will leave you as a shell of a person that you never thought you would become. It starts from the inside and it works its way to the outside. But God's grace and mercy does the exact same thing. His blood purifies us from the inside. And it works His way to the outside. And today, if you're just needing a touch on the inside, God will touch you on the inside today. If you are needing a healing of the heart, God will heal your heart. God will do it. The external may not change for a while. The external... God may still be working on that because God works in the process and he also works in the moment. And maybe right now he's just working in the process of your life. And you, maybe you get discouraged because you know, you're trying your best but, but you're still falling short. You're a part of a church that's going to rejoice with you if God's just still working inside of you. And he, God works in the process, and we celebrate that God works in the process. We believe God is working on us. If you are smoking one cigarette less today than you smoked yesterday, I rejoice in that. If you smoked three packs yesterday and you're down to two packs and, and I don't know how many are in a pack, somebody's going to run an aisle in this place. Someone's going to rejoice because God is doing a work inside of you. And it takes time. Stick with it. Stick to it. God is working on you. God is working in you. It is by the blood of Jesus Christ alone. Allow God to purify that which is in you. Allow God to work in your heart because your heart determines your next step. The path you travel down is determined by the condition of your heart. Whether you're on the just path, on the wicked path, it all starts right here in our hearts. And if you want your next step to be right, you first have to get your heart right. And if your heart right, your step will be right. Someone once said, the steering wheel of our life is our heart The steering steering wheel of our life is our heart. Adam Clark, the theologian, I quoted him earlier. I'm going to quote him again. I think it was already up there earlier. But it's this quote I love. It's, if the heart be pure and holy, all its purposes will be just and good. If it be impure and defiled, nothing will proceed from it but abomination. And it's so true. The heart... In fact, it represents the inner life of you and I. It is that inner life, the thoughts, the feelings, the will, the desire. And in the natural body, we know this, that the heart, it it is that pump which powers our body. It supplies blood to the body. It carries oxygen and nutrients to every cell, nerve, muscle, and vital organ in the body. And it is central to your overall health. Heart health, it is the leading cause of death in the United States. The heart is responsible for just about everything that gives you life. And a healthy heart, it produces a healthy life. And in the spiritual sense, a healthy heart, a heart that is consumed by God, a heart That is consumed by His Word, that is consumed with Him spending time arranging our schedules around Him, making Him a priority. That heart is a healthy heart, and that life is a life that will bear healthy fruit. It's to the heart that we live in obedience to that great commandment expressed in Matthew 22 to love God with all of our hearts with all of our souls and with all of our mind and to love our neighbor as ourselves in fact in a, if a single word could describe God and if a single word could describe what we wish to become. It would be love. It's not simply a fact that God loves. The Bible tells us that God is love. First John four eight and four sixteen. It tells us that love is the very nature of God. Every action of His is an expression of that character. Everything that he has ever done for humankind is wrapped up in his expression of love towards us. That's who he is and what he does. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. His love leads him to us. His love leads to action, and his love cost him much. His love was the great and ultimate sacrifice. His love was one that is not passive, but was very aggressive towards us. His love is one that is pursuing after you and I, that is chasing us down. It is one of a love that a father has for his children, a love that you cannot You you can't buy it on the street corner. It's a free gift that he has for you and I. And that love causes us and should cause us to live a life of submission and investment towards God. His love calls for our love in return. For it is from the great commandment that true life is expressed, that commandment of loving Him and loving others, in so much that the great commandment of Matthew 22 should always lead us to the great commission of Matthew in 28. It is this, that a heart full of love for God and a love for others should always lead us to make disciples and lead us to share the good news of Jesus Christ To others. It is a full heart. It is a healthy heart that is not content with us for and no more. But it is a healthy heart that is consumed with a love for God and a love for others around them. It is a healthy heart that is here and acknowledges that they are here to make a difference. It is a healthy heart that is not satisfied just getting by day by day. But it is a healthy heart that understands that we are here to make a difference. And you have to decide in your life, how important is God to me? Who is governing my life? Who is ordering my steps? And the question I would like to ask us all today is, how healthy? is your heart. The answer to the preceding questions should give you the answer to the last question. An unhealthy heart, in a physical sense, it is destructive to the rest of the body. Heart disease, as I said, it's that leading cause of death and spiritual heart disease, a heart that grows cold and dormant unto God is what causes the destruction of men and women. It is a spiritual crisis. It is spiritual health disease. The unhealthy, unredeemed heart is wicked, deceitful, perverse, and godless. It defiles the spiritual man. It sabotages purpose. It misaligns priority and it twists perspective. An unhealthy heart will kill your walk with God with God I'm going to have them put up there's seven signs of spiritual heart disease I want us to look at today Number 1 is a shallow or non-existent prayer life Number 2 is that you have no desire for godly understanding You're not looking to grow You're content with the same experience you've had with God for years and years There's no hunger after God. There's no thirst anymore. Maybe at one time you were hungry and thirsty, but you've become a little too content. One of the worst diseases that is plaguing the church is the fact that we are overfed and that we are under-exercised. And when you are not exercising and you are overfed, your hunger and your thirst will grow cold. It is when you are exercising that there is this hunger and thirst that begins to arise in your heart that says, I want more. I desire more. Number four, attendance to church is optional or even dreaded. You're angry, you're isol- isolated you've isolated yourself from others. you develop a tolerance for evil. those are seven signs. I know there's many more. But if you identify with one of those signs today of spiritual heart disease, if you're suffering from anything that is Destroying you and your spiritual life. I'm here to tell you that I serve a God that heals. Yes. I serve a God who redeems. Yes. John 10, 10 tells us that there is a thief that cometh. Yes. And that thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said this. He said, I am come. I am come that they might have life. And that they might have it more abundantly. There is a reality that Jesus gave his blood for the entire human race. He made redemption possible today. He made justification possible and reconciliation possible. And he made sanctification and peace possible victory over sin it is all possible because of the shed blood of jesus christ jesus paid it all jesus paid your debt and my debt jesus made a way And today, if you are sick in your heart today, you know you're on that path of wickedness. You're on the way and going in the way of evilness. Maybe no one else knows about it. Maybe you're just in in the beginning stages and it's undetectable by the the eye to others. But you know inside there is something happening. I'm here to remind you that my God sees you right where you are at. God God knows what you are going My God has been there. He's felt it all. He took our sin and our shame and he took it and he nailed it to the cross, which tells me that I can walk out of this place and I don't have to take it with me because it was nailed to a tree. It was nailed to a cross so that you and I don't have to go around with baggage and carrying around our shame and our humiliation over who we have been. God has made a way for you to go from who you've been into the person He has created you to become. God has made a way for you. I serve the God that heals the hearts. In Ezekiel 36, he said this, A new heart also will I give you, in verse 26. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues, and ye shall keep my judgment and do them. God makes a way for you and I. God has made a way for you and I. God has made the difference in our life that we do not have to be a prisoner to the old man. We do not have to be prisoner to the shame. We do not have to be prisoner to the sin in our life. We do not have to be a prisoner to the way that things were and to the things that we have become. God sets us and makes us free by the blood of Jesus Christ. God takes the unhealthy heart and gives us a new, fresh heart. God is in the heart transplant business, in fact. God makes old things new. He makes all things new. God does it for you. God does it for you. I'm in front of, I think, the best people in the world. I'm in front of the best church in the whole wide world. I I claim it. But I know that within this group today, there are people walking through... I'm just gonna say, it. you're walking through hell right now. You're walking through things that are awful. You're going through it. You're going through it. You're going through. It. Keep going through it. Keep going forward. Keep. Going forward keep putting one foot in front of the other and when you're all alone and when you don't have a brother and sister in Christ that is sitting next to you that has beautiful ears understand that you are not alone are not alone. There is a God there's a God who is right there. There is a God that is with you. And if you are born again, that God is in you. If you don't have that God in you today, you can receive Him in you today. It is the promise. But not only do you have a God that is with you and in you, you have brothers and sisters in Christ here today that are with you. We may not be right there with you in the doctor's office. We may not be right with you when you're arguing with your wife when you're arguing with your husband when you're arguing with your children we may not be with you as you're taking a step through the front doors of your work and the anxiety the pain is presence. we may not be with you when you're trying to live an overcoming life and you're by yourself You know that that little high you can get is just one click away. We may not be sitting there with you, but know that there's others in this room that are there with you, that are praying for you, that are here to encourage you. I know that there's people going through stuff today. I know that we live in a very real world today. We live, we live in earth. And we got this stuff on right here. And we deal with a lot of people that's got this stuff called flesh on. But I'm here to preach a simple message today. That when you are... Going through your life, when you are living out your Mondays, your Tuesdays, your Wednesdays, your Thursdays, your Fridays, your Saturdays, maybe even on your Sundays, I'm here to encourage you to build up some fortification, to maybe get out the hammer and build some walls, In other words, do whatever you have to do to guard your hearts. I'm here to preach that you need to put on the breastplate of righteousness, the whole armor of God. I'm here to remind you that you are not in it by yourself, but you are one of many that are right in the middle of the fight. And you are one of many that God has right in their hands. I said today's more probably descriptive than prescriptive. But this prescription is the title of the message to do whatever you can do to guard that which God has established in your life. Do what Solomon instructed his son to do. He said, go not in the way of evil men, He said, avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it. Pass away from it. And when you're going through whatever it is you're going through, don't give the enemy an inch in your life. Don't give him a crack door. Don't give him opportunity. Don't do it. But be sober, be vigilant, and understand. That God has more for you ahead. Would you stand with me today? If you're showing symptoms, if you're showing symptoms today of a heart that is diseased I serve a God that heals I'm going to open up these altars and I believe that God will heal your heart today I believe God will do it and I don't want us to rush out of this moment and rush away from what God can do in this place so I believe that This moment can be a life-defining moment for you if you allow God to come in and heal what the enemy has broken. Maybe he started the process 20 years ago or 30 years ago or 40 years ago. Maybe it's been little by little or maybe it's been something that's sprung up God can heal it today. God can work on you in the process. Don't underestimate what God can do right now. And also, as we pray that God would heal our hearts, I want us to pray this morning that God would show us how we as people can guard our hearts. To show us how we can keep our hearts. To show us how we can build some structure to keep out the way of the evil, the wickedness. And I'll tell you this, if God puts something on your heart that he's not telling the person next to you, if God's giving you a conviction that he's not giving to the person next to you, that's okay. And that's good. That's a good thing. That's why we don't go around comparing ourselves. That's one of the many reasons we don't go around comparing ourselves. So if God tells you something this Sunday morning, I believe if you allow him to, he will. I encourage you to listen, listen, Solomon was telling his son to listen to take note and to obey in Jesus name I'm not going to make much fanfare about it but these altars are open as you come I'm just going to pray and I hope that you pray with us that you join us in the front that maybe you allow God to do something special in your life that you allow God to heal you that you go- allow God to restore you That you will allow God to give you a new heart. And that you, today, maybe if you're not filled with the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost, today, He can fill you with His his Spirit. And He can make the difference in your life. In the name of Jesus, Lord, Lord, we come this morning, God, because we need You. Lord, we come on this day because You are the healer of broken hearts. You are the restorer of stolen joy. You are the redeemer of a lost life. You make all the difference, God. And I pray over this church, I pray over people today. I pray that we make choices today to surrender our life, our, our will, our desire over to you and allow you to have control for you to govern the way we live the way we speak the way we live our life the way we do life God what we put before us and put before our eyes and before our hearts and before our hands Lord let us today be consumed with you let us get back to the heart of it all That we get back to worship, to obedience, to sacrifice. I pray in Jesus' name that the love that we have for you, Lord, would lead to a love to others.